Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. I'm Dusty Slay. I'm your host, and I am here in my home studio. Uh, I know it's been a while. I've been on a little break. Uh, I have uh, never have intentions of stopping this podcast. I know sometimes when I'll be on a break, people think that I've stopped doing the podcast or because I've now joined Nateland, people think that I won't be doing this podcast anymore. And I love doing Nateland. I have a lot of fun uh, talking to Aaron Weber, Brian Bates, sitting across the table from Nate Bargatze. Uh, it's all very fun. But this podcast is one I've been doing for a while. I go on a wild hiatus of not doing it Um because when I'm in it every week, I'm like, nope, I got to do a podcast every week. I got to do a podcast every week. But if I ever skip a week and then come back and do a podcast and then skip a week and then do a podcast, you know that a hiatus is coming. I mean, you can tell it's coming because it's getting less consistent. So that's what happens. So what's happened now is... Me and Hannah have uh, taken our podcast room that we turned into a guest room. We've turned it back into a podcast room. The room, the, the walls in this room have so many holes in it from pictures that we've hung and records that we've hung and uh, fabric that we hung. I mean, we have thumbtacked this wall to death in here, but now it's back because I thought before, because I have a baby now, and it's a little harder to record a podcast at home, and I thought, well, let's try to do it while I'm on the road, but my weekends are getting shorter, so I'll fly into a city, I'll do two shows, and then I'll stay up late and have cigars and talk to whoever wants to hang out with me, and then I'll wake up the next day, and I'll only have one day in the hotel room before I have to do two more hours of shows and sell merch and talk to people and then have another cigar to smoke and talk to more people. So I'm like, my one day in a hotel, I don't really want to do a podcast. So here we are back in studio. And now Hannah, who started this podcast with me originally, this is the reason this podcast started was because uh, I was on the road and Hannah was on the road. And then we, we weren't always doing shows together. So then we would come back together and it was an opportunity for me to talk about my weekend, Hannah to talk about her weekend and, and then, and then say where we're going again. And then, you know, just some other random things. Well, Hannah stopped doing comedy and then stopped doing the podcast with me. And, uh, but now Hannah is back and I'd like to welcome Hannah to the podcast. Hey, it's great to be back. I feel good about this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so Hannah's back and um, I'm happy to have her back. We are working on doing video as always. 
Uh, I've been videoing this podcast for quite a while now, and I just never post any of the videos because I always have a grand plan of I'm going to take the stories that I posted and add in pictures to give a real multimedia feel to it. Uh, but it's, uh, I overwhelm myself and then I don't get the work done, but Hannah has been cutting up clips from Nate land for me. And I'm hoping if she's in on this podcast, she'll just be able to cut clips from this. Uh, and yeah, you'll be getting some invoices though. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, uh, we'll add Hannah to the company, uh, to the company I've created called lot eight Inc. Mm-hmm. That is my company, but and and we started that because that's the uh, lot number I grew up in in the trailer park, Lot Eight Moore's Trailer Park. Now my stand-up company is called Lot Eight Inc., and I think that's hilarious. So and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's just jump right in. Let's get started with a where we've been, where we're going. And last podcast I remember doing, I was sitting in a hotel room in Kansas City, Missouri, on my way to Columbia, Missouri, to do a theater uh, called The Blue Note uh, with my friend Will O'Donnell. And we had a great time. And I I remember being there um, and um, did a show. And after the show, I was trying to get around to the front to take pictures with people. And I'm not really familiar with theaters. As I was on stage in the theater, many times I thought, is this going well? Because um, I'm used to clubs. I'm used to clubs where people are right up in my face and I'm feeling exactly what's happening. Not only do I see it and hear it, but I can feel it. And it's a little different in a theater. And I'm not used to it. And to be honest, I don't really like it. I think that I will move to theaters eventually if, uh, you know, as they say, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. I will. uh, That's the old saying. With the good Lord willing and the creek don't rise. Then I will move to theaters. And I'll, I'll be happy to do it because, you know, it feels fancy to be in a theater, to tell people, oh, I'm doing a theater. I am booked at a theater. And then, you know, I I posted that I was doing a club in uh, Wichita one time, or not even a club, a bar, and somebody commented, uh, Dusty needs new management. I, I hate that he's doing all these crappy club bars and stuff. And I'm like, if I'm doing something that's perceived as crappy, I ask for it. My agent and manager always go, you don't want to do that, do you? And I go, yeah, I'd love to do that. And then I'm in there and I'm going, Uh, actually, I had a great time in Wichita. But sometimes when I'm driving a long way, I go, did I, did I want to do this? But anyway, so I'm trying to get around the alleyway. People are coming down the alleyway. They're trying to take pictures with me outside of the blue note. And I'm happy to do it. I'm happy anybody wants to take a picture with me. People will say to me sometimes at the merch table, they'll go, oh, you're selling your own merch, huh? You got to get yourself a merch guy. And I'm like, I'm happy people even want to buy things from me. I mean, I'm sure I'll reach a point where I'll... Uh, you know, uh, you know, be above selling my own merch and I'll be like yelling at people about not doing it well. Uh, but that's not where I'm at right now. Right now, I'm very happy that people even want to buy things from me. Um, I got, I have hats in stock that I uh, don't want to put for sale on my website because the moment I do, people start to buy them and then I have to go to the post office. And people tell me there's easier ways but I've not found it. 
People are always like, oh, you got to get somebody to sell that for you. And then I go, okay, great. I even had a conversation with a merch company and they were like, all right, we'll do it. <laughs> and then it never happened. I don't even know what happened. Yeah, you need a master class in uh, stamps.com. Yeah, I bought all the stuff for stamps.com. And then I, I don't, I got a, I bought a printer, I bought labels and I just, I don't want to figure it out. I finally figured out the post office. We're friends at the post office now. But so after that weekend in Missouri, this is where, this is what I did. So I did Columbia, had a great time. And then I think I had a weekend off. And then I did a three week run doing comedy zones. Now, in order to understand the impact that these comedy zones have had on me, you got to understand my journey in comedy. In 2014, I was working at Spectracide selling pesticides. I had a job that I had previously quit two years ago. I had not worked at Spectracide in two years, and I had sworn to never even step foot inside a Lowe's or a Home Depot which is weird because I go there every other day now and I love it, but I refuse to go in there for a long time. And, um, but I needed a job. I moved to Nashville and I needed a job and I took, I called up Spectracide. They offered me a part-time job. They actually paid me quite well. They did not know about the podcast I would do later. I think they would still give me a job. I was very good at it. And, um, Sometimes I say I'm not good at it. Sometimes I say I was very good at it. This is the thing. I was great at it, but I was hungover. Now, when I lived in Nashville, I wasn't hungover, but I, I, I had come from being the full-time guy to now the part-time guy. So I was part-time guy with full-time guy attitude. Mm. And I was getting in trouble in the stores because mm -hmm. I didn't care. You know, because they would, they would take pallets of my chemicals and they would shrink wrap them. And then they would pick them up with a forklift and put them in the overhead. So I couldn't, and I wasn't allowed to drive the forklift because I wasn't an employee of Lowe's or Home Depot. And so in order to stock the shelves, I needed that pallet. And I would go in there and I'd go, hey, can you get that pallet down for me? And people would be like, oh, I can't do it right now. Oh, well, can't do it right now. Can't, just can't do it right now. So I would go up, I would get a tall ladder and I would go up there and I would cut the shrink wrap off and I would bring the boxes down one at a time, which is a safety violation. And people get very upset about it and they would yell at me and I'd go, hey, just get it down. And you know what? Somehow they found the time to get it down. So that's what I was doing. My manager would call me. He goes, did you cut open a, a, a shrink wrap and bring boxes down? I was like, yeah. Yeah, I did. I got the shelf stocked. We're going to have good sales this weekend. And he knew what was happening. And uh, he liked it. So I was doing that, but that was a seasonal job. And when that seasonal job ended, I had decided I'm going to try to make a go at being a full-time stand-up comedian. I'm just going to do it. I don't know what else to do, but I'm just going to try to make this happen. So you worked at Spester side for a little while in Nashville. Then you decided to go full-time comedy. Right. When that job ended, I was like, when this is over, I'm going to try to go full-time comedy. And right about that time, my roommate that I was living with decided he wanted to move back home, kind of left me stranded. 
So I'm like out here looking for a new place to live. Worked out great because I found a house that we now call the rat house, which is a shame because it deserves a better name. Mm, uh, yeah, but it had a lot of rats. It did have a lot of and rats. So when you got that many rats, you called the rat house. Yeah. Quite a bit of rats. Yeah. At least seven we caught at one time. And then two the next day. Mm. That's a lot of rats. So... Uh, but I found a room there in an attic apartment for two fifty a month, so it worked out great. So I'm I'm like doing that. I had I had been promised uh, a couple of weekends at the Comedy Zone from a contest that I won. I won two contests there, and with each of those winnings, you got a weekend's worth of work. So I'd had a little work with them, um, and. You know, I was doing a little bit at Zany's here in Nashville, and I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this work. And round about the time that um, it was time for Spectreside to come calling for the next spring to offer me a job, and they were offering me the job back, I was like, I'm faced with this decision. Do I take the job or do I try to stick it out and go full-time comedy? And I chose to go full-time comedy, and a guy named Chris Killian came along and offered to take me on all his Comedy Zone dates. And then, uh, and then I got passed with Dave Stroop at the Funny Bones. But the Comedy Zones, Chris coming along when he did, offering me those dates, gave me the confidence to really go ahead and go full-time comedy. So that's what I did. And in those times... The three clubs that I never did with Chris were Greensboro, Jacksonville, and Greenville. And those are the three weekends that I just did. Now, Greensboro... Just did recently as well. Is that what you're saying? That's what I... Yeah, I just did. Just recently, I just did Greensboro, North Carolina, Jacksonville, Florida, and Greenville, South Carolina. I just did those um, after... Many years after I probably did them all for the last time in 2016. And now here we are, 2022. I'm returning to them. I'm returning. I, I, I had only featured and now I'm returning as the headliner. And I'll just say this about the Greensboro Comedy Zone. I, I don't even want to say that yet because I want to set it up this way. I'm just going to have to give a little history in order to set up really what this means. I, I, up until 2016, I did not wear a trucker hat on stage and my hair was not very long. My hair was growing out, uh, but I was not wearing a trucker hat on stage. I had a couple of white trucker hats that I thought were funny looking and I would wear them in the car. I would wear them in the gas stations. If I would stop somewhere in South Mississippi, I might wear the hat inside because I felt like it made me look more country and helped me blend in with what's going on. But these hats didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, I got these hats out of the room in my dad's house, out of his hat room, basically. And I don't know if you watched my hat video, but I have a YouTube video where I tried on not even every one of my dad's hats, but a bunch of them. So I got these hats from my dad, and I was wearing this one. And in... Uh, but you sort of felt you looked goofy in it. Like you weren't confident at initially wearing it in earnest. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I liked wearing it, but I always, yeah, I felt like it, it, I felt like it made me sillier, which I liked. I liked that on stage. I got to be a little sillier. I mean, in Charleston, it felt like comedy was all very hipster and cool. We were all improv comedians that became stand-up comics. And so it all felt very hipsterish. So... You know, and then I'm out here working the road and I felt like the road demanded I be less hipster, but I didn't want to lose the artsiness. So the hat was a good way to be like, it's just like a little cherry on top, if you will, because <laughs> the rest was still the same. Yeah. But you just threw a little hat right on top and it, and, and I was wearing it. I did a trip with you, Hannah. And Vince Fabra and Evan Burke, we went to the doing our annual seaside trip and we connected a few other things. We went to Georgia and a few other cities in Alabama. And I had I was wearing the hat a lot on the drives, but I wasn't wearing it on stage, but I wore it on the news. And I thought, well, that was really fun. And then I still wouldn't wear it on stage. That next weekend, I went to Crackers in Indianapolis, a club I miss doing. It's a shame. I I guess they're still open, but it's a shame. The club fell apart. I I used to love doing it. Um, But I went there, and I wore the hat on stage for the first time ever. I felt so ridiculous. I felt so silly. And I, but I did the hat jokes that I would later end up doing on The Tonight Show. Now, I... You know, they weren't as good then as they ended up being. I, I I really worked them out. But I did a couple of the hat jokes, and people really liked it. And I was like, oh, this is fun. And I had I was on a bit of a run. I left Indianapolis. I drove to uh, Springfield, Missouri, where I would do my very first show at the Blue Room Comedy Club, a club I've been doing every year since that time, uh, with the hat, about five people in the audience, felt fun. I drove out to Tulsa. I believe I did a show at the Sound Pony in Tulsa, a gig that me and you did once before. Very fun, with the hat on. I went out to, um, uh, I forget the place, Mescalero, New Mexico, I believe what it was called. It was called the some kind of uh, wild casino name. And then I went to Albuquerque, New Mexico to another casino and I opened for two of the guys from Broken Lizard, the guys who filmed uh, Super Troopers and starred and, and created Super Troopers. And then I went out to Phoenix, Arizona to a club called Stand Up Live, which I'll be there in about two weeks. So get some tickets, come see me, Stand Up Live, Phoenix, Arizona, about two weeks. Um, and... Uh, I opened for the Dan Band. The Dan Band had the song, uh, I need you more than ever. They did it in in the movie Old School. I effing need you more than ever. And it was so fun. And then they would also be in um, uh, Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch, where they would do the bar mitzvah there. Great band. So to open for Super Troopers and then the Dan Band was like, my early 2000s dreams come true. I mean, it was unbelievable. And I was just on a roll. Everywhere I was going, I was just crushing. I was lighting them up. I had this hat and I just felt like this was new new gold that I found. I just felt like that I had found some kind of secret weapon that nobody else had. And it just felt amazing. And I was like, 
I have it now. Now I am a star. And I thought, you know what? Next week, I'm going to be in Greensboro, North Carolina, back in my homeland. This is 2016. Back in my homeland. And I can't wait for it. And I show up in Greensboro, North Carolina. I had four shows. I bombed every single show. And talk about a roller coaster of emotion. A humbling weekend. I've said for many years that Greensboro, North Carolina Comedy Zone is the worst comedy club in the country. I have talked about how awful it is. I talked about hating it. When people would say, what's the worst club you think? I would go, Greensboro, North Carolina. I hated it. I've done a lot of things in Greensboro. I did the Greensboro Comedy Zone. I did the Idiot Box in a couple of different locations in Greensboro. I've never had good shows in Greensboro. I like Greensboro, but I never had good shows there. And I just... I couldn't believe at the time how bad this was going. I was, I drove in and I was featuring for a comic named Cliff Cash out of Wilmington, North Carolina. And Cliff had car trouble and missed the early show on Friday. So they brought in another comic named Jay Bliss to headline. And I was upset about it. I like Jay Bliss, but I was like thinking to myself, I'm a headliner. I'm a star. I was just doing a sold out room in Phoenix, Arizona in front of the Dan band, blowing the place up. I'm a star. And now they're bringing in another guy to headline rather than moving me up. And then I bombed that night in front of Jay Bliss. Now, to be fair, I don't think Jay Bliss did very well either. It was a rough club. Okay. I've seen Jay Bliss have great shows. Not that night. And, um, so, I just, you know, Greensboro, it shares a parking lot with a nightclub called Arizona Pete's. Arizona Pete's is a wild redneck nightclub. I mean, people get really wild there. And um, and I just, my understanding was always that people would get uh, free tickets to Arizona Pete's if they came to the Comedy Zone and saw a comedy show. Some kind of deal like that had worked had been worked out. So people didn't care about the comedy. Now, let's flash forward 2022. I just did a weekend in Greensboro and I did a complete 180. I mean, it completely changed the way I feel about that club. Not only do I not think it's the worst club in the country, but I loved it. I had a great time there. They treated me very well. The food was good. The comedy shows were awesome. Even Arizona Pete's, I didn't go, but Arizona Pete's seemed wild and fun. It's amazing how the attitude changes when you're having fun, when comedy's going well, when people are coming out to see you. And that's what the change was. It was actually my audience that came to see me. People from, you know, from Netflix, from TikTok, from Nateland, all came out to see me. It was a blast. I had a lot of fun. It completely changed how I felt about the Greensboro Comedy Zone. I can't wait to go back. I loved it. That's a great story. I got a question. Um, when you bombed that first time, coming back featuring, you were real feeling good about your hat. Did it make you question the hat? I don't really recall if it made me question the hat, but it 
I don't know. I just think I was riding such a high that that's why I've always hated the club because I was riding such a high that rather than blame myself, I've always blamed the club. Mm. And now I, I think uh, I was wrong about it. And there's also something else that I noticed about the club. The club has a bit of a weird setup on the inside. It has a weird kind of ceiling in the middle. So if you're sitting in the circle around the stage, you have your own ceiling. But then if you're on the outskirts of that ceiling, you have a different ceiling. And I think laughter is lost in there. And I think that you can't hear how well you're doing because, um, you know, Drew Harrison was featuring for me and he noticed that too. He said, you know, I was like, I told him, I was like, man, you were really crushing up there. And he's like, well, I didn't really feel like I was. And then I had the same thing in a couple of the early shows, but I just had such a blast there. And then, so the next weekend I'm at the Jacksonville Comedy Zone. Now I didn't have the same bad feelings about the Jacksonville Comedy Zone, but I only headlined there once. I featured there twice, but one, the first time I went there, I showed up and the feature had missed his flight or something, or the headliner missed his flight. So they were moving me up to headliner. And they had like the manager of the club feature for me. Oh, wow. And the manager of the club was like this really hacky kind of comic. But man, did he murder that night. I mean, he <laughs> lit that place up. And I didn't bomb as headliner in the Jacksonville Comedy Zone, but I didn't do great. I mean, the manager of the club definitely buried me that night, and I did not look good coming out of there. So that was a humbling experience for me because I was like, man, I'm, I'm out here telling the bookers of the Comedy Zone that I deserve to be headlining. Meanwhile, I finally get a chance, and I bomb it. So I had not had good success headlining at the Jacksonville Comedy Zone. Now, I flipped it around this time. It was great. I had a great weekend. All the shows were really great. Loved the club. Uh, worked with my buddy Chris Buck. It was really great. Had a good time in Jacksonville. And then I went to Greenville Comedy Zone. Now, I had no bad experiences at the Greenville Comedy Zone. I had only featured there uh, once before. I did a weekend there. A lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, but I never really headlined. Me and you and Aaron Weber and Brad Sativa did a show there one night. We took a Nashville little crew out there, and we had a good time. But this is my first time officially headlining the club. Great. Loved it. Had a great time. Greenville, South Carolina has always been a fun city to me, and I really liked it. And uh, after that, um, I have... Um, uh, two weekends ago, uh, I did, um, what did I do? I, I did, uh, Franklin, Tennessee. I did kind of a corporate gig where I opened for Leanne Morgan. A lot of fun, a lot of kind of famous radio people from, uh, the Nashville area. So it was fun to meet a lot of them. Uh, I met Clay Travis, uh, a guy named Ron Slay. Uh, a lot of radio people out there. Really fun. Fun to meet them. Kind of mingle. Hobnob a bit. You know what I mean? Big time it. And then I did two nights at the Opry. Oh, I'd like to talk about this. I did. This is a bit of the opposite of the comedy zones. I did Margaritaville in uh, downtown Nashville. Now, in about 2019, I did Margaritaville. And I, I'm, I'm guessing just by the name, you can 
gather what's going on in a Margaritaville at 4.30. Now, the highway on Sirius XM broadcast out of Margaritaville on Fridays. They do a, a happy hour. And, you know, they just play music. They do live DJ. And the highway is new country. It's the newest of the new country, which I'm, you know, I'm not the hugest of huge fans of new country. Now, there's some stuff out there here and there I like. I'm always being introduced to new artists that I like from doing the Opry. Uh, but I um, I just, um, um, you know... I'm not a huge fan of new country, right? So the highway, but the stormy Warren at the highway will have me into studio to interview me. And he's very nice. He's been so nice to me. And, and I like doing the show. Now, this other thing though, is not stormy Warren. This is a, a live broadcast in Margaritaville on a stage and they'll have guests come. And I'm assuming all their guests, 100% of the time are musicians. Um, so in 2019, I did it and it went amazing. It shouldn't have. I don't know why it did, but it did. The place is packed. People are drunk. They're loud. They're yelling. They're screaming. They're having a good time. Uh, and so when I got invited back to do it, because I had released um, my joke, the It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere Breakdown, which is on YouTube. If you've not watched it, go check it out. It's a lot of fun. Um uh, I released that, and so I was invited there, and I thought, you know, they thought this would be a perfect place for me to do that joke. So they gave me 10 minutes of time, and I walk in, and they're like, we want you to do that joke. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think this is the place for a joke that that detailed. And I asked the lady, I go, did they tell people that I was coming? And they're like, yeah, they've been pumping you up all week. Okay, I said, okay, great. So I go out there, they introduce me as the special guest, and it just felt like about half the room was disappointed. It, it never got quiet. It was a loud, loud room, and it just was not for comedy. It wasn't a comedy room. I think I did great considering the circumstances, but I wasn't that happy with it. But it actually felt like how it should have gone. I'm like, this is a wild crowd. And so that was on a Friday. And then later that night, I went and did the Opry. And I had one of the best sets I've ever had at the Opry. And it was really great. And then the next day was Saturday. And I did the Opry again. But I got invited. Todd Snyder, who I'm a fan of, a uh, country musician I'm a fan of. Uh, he has the song Double Wide Blues. Emailed me and invited me to see his show at the Ryman, which is very exciting. One, the Ryman is great. It's always great to be down there. Two, uh, to be invited by Todd Snyder was, you know, uh, an honor, really. I was very excited by it. And so I, I did the Opry, and then I drove down to the Ryman. Uh, I watched the rest of Todd's show. Then I got to go backstage and meet him and talk to him a little bit. And then on my way out, I saw this uh, couple on the street, they're probably there, probably in their fifties. And they stopped me and they go, Hey, we saw you twice this week. They were like, we saw you at Margaritaville. And then we saw you at the Opry. And I was like, man, well, I'm glad you saw me at the Opry. You know, and I talked to them a little bit and I was just saying, I was like that Margaritaville is just not a great setup for comedy, you know? And, uh, they go, they go, yeah, they didn't, they just said they were going to have a couple of special guests. They didn't tell us who it was going to be. So I thought, well, there's your problem right there, right? You're at Margaritaville in Nashville. Let's, let's say you're a tourist, right? And you come to Nashville 
and you're at Margaritaville, you're partying, you're listening to the highway, you love new country, you love the fresh new country, you're out there having a margarita, maybe just some tequila shots, you're getting wasted, you hear there's going to be a special guest, and you're like, I can't wait, I hope it's Kenny Chesney, I hope it's Jimmy Buffett, I hope it's some new country artist that I can't name, and then who is it? It's a comedian that you've likely never heard of, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so... Uh, I was like, well, that's the problem. At the Opry, we're in seats. It's classy. We're set up. We're ready to go. Some There's some comedians out there that could do a party room like that, but that's not my style, and I'm fine with it. Well, the, the heartbreaking part is that it's live, so people on the radio are just listening to you bomb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you were going into that, I said, well, good luck. Yeah, I mean, that is the heartbreaking thing because I went on, they posted a picture of me and I went on the Facebook page and one, I saw one old guy had commented, I listened to him, not funny at all. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I can't, and then another lady goes, he's actually really funny in life, but he should, live, but he should stop that we're having a good time thing. That thing, that joke is just not funny. And then I commented to both of them and I said, we're having a good time. And that opened up my fans on Facebook to see that. And then they kind of went after the guy. I didn't mind that people went after him, but I also see it from his perspective too. He's like, he's probably like, why they put that guy on the radio? <laughs> but when I do in studio uh, with the highway, it's great because I'm just, you know, making the people in the studio laugh. What impresses me so much about you is you really shake these awful pride hits off you so quick. Well, like, you have to. Like I was downtown with you with Daisy and you're just like, you want to get some food or? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to shake it off because it's, uh, if you don't, you and the nice thing was I got to do the Opry later that night. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, had I gone down to the Opry and then bombed at the Opry, then I might start going, well, maybe I should stop, stop wearing this hat, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. but, um, uh, but no, I, I re- was able to redeem myself right away. And then last week I was at, well, this is a Monday. So this past weekend I was off. The weekend before last, getting us all completely caught up, I was in Dayton, Ohio at the Funny Bone, which is always fun. I always have a good time there. Um, and I, um, And then this past Tuesday, the 4th, I had a show at uh, Zanies, Zanies, uh, which was great. It was really great. Uh, Nate uh, stopped in and did the show. And I was telling Hannah this, um, but I had a good lineup altogether. But, you know, but Nate was not advertised. So I had all the other comics go. And then before I did my headlining set, I go, we got a special guest. And I go, um, all right, this next guest, one of the hosts of the Nate Land podcast. And you could feel the audience like, like who could it be? Because it's going to be exciting if it's Brian Bates. It's going to be exciting if it's Aaron Weber. But I said, Nate Bargazzi and the place lit up. I mean, it was unbelievable. And, uh, I saw in the uh, Nate Land podcast Facebook group, somebody commented, I saw Dusty's show last night. It was really great. My favorite part was when Nate came out. And I was <laughs> like, well, 
Well, they don't have to be your favorite. You know what I mean? <laughs> How about your favorite part be the part where you saw the guy that you went to see? But uh, no, I was very happy that he came and did the show. And, you know, let that be a lesson to you if you're out there listening and you don't come to my shows. Uh, you never know who's going to drop in. You never Never know. Yeah, and I always tell you, like, don't book your show so far in advance because you always have a couple people, uh, cool, like what I consider cool people, that would want to jump on your show last minute. Well, it is true. And a lot of out-of-town people will hit me up, and I, I want to put out-of-town people on the show, uh, especially if they're in town, because I'm not providing a hotel for people. But if you are in town, I, you know, I want to put people up. Uh, but I want people to be good and I want, because my show is just a good, fun environment. Sometimes people will try to get political or, 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 um, explicit, explicit, or even just, um, you know, social, you know, not social justice but they'll try to get, they'll just try to talk about the current state of the world. And I just tell people not to do that because I just feel like if, if you're coming to my show, um, that's not what you're coming for. If you're going to see Bill Maher live, well, of <laughs> course, that's what you want. If you're going to see the well-read comedy tour, that's what you're going for. That's what you're into. But if you've come to see my show, that's not what you're there for. Regardless of which direction you lean politically, you're not looking for that because that's not what my show is about. Mm -hmm. So when people do that, I'll, I'll always tell them not to do it. But if they do do it, they normally don't do well. So, um, I've not done a podcast in a while and I have written down several things to talk about, uh, but I mainly just wanted to get the ball rolling again, because if, um, if I just keep putting it off, putting it off, then I put this pressure on myself to make the next one big. I'm like, I go, well, I haven't done one in a month. The next one's got to be great. But really, I just want to get back into the groove and get back into talking about things. Um, but I do have, we do have news. Do you have a uh, an update for me on the time? Yeah, 37 minutes. Okay, so... Um, some exciting stuff has happened since the last time I've done the podcast. The cabin has arrived. I've, I've been talking to people about the land uh, all this time. From, from, from We've done podcasts from buying the land, from looking for the land, to buying the land, to inquiring about a cabin, to getting the cabin. The cabin has arrived. We have... A lot of footage, and eventually we will put together, um, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, video to chronicle the journey. Because we've had lots of things done. I mean, I had some land cleared out. I had some various things done out there. Our fruit trees are about dead, but a few have survived. And I think if they can last until the winter, it'd be nice to get some rain once in a while. But if they can last to the winter, I think they will survive. And then by next year, I will have a water source. But we got septic installed. The water's been cut on. The power has been hooked up. Um, none of that's on just yet, but it's all hooked up, all ready to go. I'm hoping this week it will get hooked up. It's very exciting. Uh, I've worked, I've had great people come out and do work in McMinnville. It's been very nice. Everybody's been very dependable and they've all done what they said they're going to do. 
And uh, Hannah, you you have anything you want to say about um, um, the cabin? Well, I was just wondering if you were going to share our kind of heart attack moment. Oh, yeah. Well, we had a guy come out and, you know, the way we would have to get the power hooked up is we had to do it underground. Just the angle of the cabin to the post, it had to go underground. Um, at least that's what they got the power company told me. So we had to dig a trench and get it buried. Now, the electrical guy we hired did that. Uh, he had that dug, and I had to pay him money. And then uh, I had to pay him a deposit, and then he got it all hooked up, and then I had to pay him more money. And then he said, the inspector is coming today. Um, you know, uh, so you got to be out here by 2 o'clock. He said, you got to be there by 2 o'clock. So we go out there, we rush, we get out there, we make sure we're out there by two o'clock. And I said to them, I go, is there any chance that this doesn't pass? And they go, you know, cause I'm like, I'm paying you. And if it doesn't pass inspection, you're going to fix it. You know, and they go, we will definitely come back and fix it. And they said, we've never had an inspection not pass. I said, okay, great. So I'm out there at two. I'm out there at 1.30. We stay till about 4. Nobody comes. I get in touch with the people that I know to get in touch with, and they say, if you leave the door unlocked, he'll come in, he'll inspect it, and you'll be good to go. I said, okay, well, we're, we got to get out of here. So we left. We get in the car. We drive back. Around 5.30, I get a call from the electrician, and he goes, he goes, hey, man, he goes, I don't know how to tell you this. He said, but I've never ran into anything like this before. But he said, the inspector said, my work is good. He's like, what you've done is good. He goes, but there, he said, he's not going to be able to pass your cabin. He said, your cabin was not in, uh, uh, inspected by the electrician or inspected by the state while they were building it. So you're not going to be able to pass inspection. Now it's 530. It's too late to call anyone. So I already, so I went ahead and called the guy. He didn't answer. I left him a message, the inspector. And so the rest of the night, we just got to sit around and think about all this. Think about how we've poured all this money into this cabin and this land and all this different things just to not be able to get the power turned on. So the next morning, the moment the uh, Amish Mennonite company opens, I call them. I talk to the guy and I tell him and that guy very calmly and, and immediately uh, puts me at ease. He answers all my questions. He knows exactly what he's talking about. And he says, yes, all of that's been done. I have all the paperwork here. I'll email it to you. And he said the the thing that the inspector is looking for is, you know, he tells me where it's at. So I forward all that paperwork to the inspector. The inspector says, all oh, this looks good. He goes, I just got to go out there and see that thing that you're talking about. He went out there, he saw it, and yesterday we were officially approved. Yeah, it was really good, but like you got the phone call at 5.30, but I was inside with the baby, and I could just hear you from outside, and all I heard you say the voicemail you left for that guy is like, look, man, I got a lot of money tied up into this cabin. So if you could call me back real quick. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And so I just had anxiety all that night. 
well, all that night. It was scary because, you know, I, I, I didn't know. I mean, but I. Well, but that's I, what you always worry about. You always hear about these nightmare contractor stories where people are getting screwed over by builders or contractors or people here and there. And, you know, this is obviously our first time building anything or getting a modular home. And so we, we did as much research as we could, but there's always a chance that we didn't we didn't hire the right people yeah i mean and it well and then you know with the septic tank it was like i got these guys out doing work for, now you know as i'm saying these things it's going to seem like it's bad but it's like in the end everybody's been great and i will uh, give them all high reviews but i'm not going to say their names now while i'm just telling these stories but the guy doing my excavating work uh, clearing out land was also kind of he helped me out a lot and he was helping me get the septic tank going. And, you know, it would be like, all right, we're going to get started on that next week. And then they would be like, oh, well, it's raining this week. We can't do it. And then it would be like, oh, this happened. We can't do it. And then it was like, hey, the company that we hired says they, they can't do it this week. And it's just like, just felt like it kept getting pushed out to where it's like, are we ever going to get this done? But now it's done. Yeah, it's not on yet. The power's not on. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not all happened yet. But um, we should be able to spend the night within a week. I'd say. Yeah, and Hannah's dad is coming down from Canada um, next week, so we have not seen him in a long time. Um, you know, just uh, international travel has not been easy. And he doesn't live in a place that's close to the airport. So it's quite a journey for him to just get to an airport to fly here. So we're very excited about that. And he will be able to go to the cabin with us. And he's interested in cabins. He has a cabin way up in Canada that he stays in a lot of times. So that's very exciting. Um uh, I have not really prepared a Bible talk thing, and I've also not done Bible talk with Hannah in the room before. Uh, so That's normally just dinner talk and morning with the coffee or just any well, time with Dusty. Well, the thing about it is, is I, I do enjoy kind of doing the Bible talk just, you know, I just feel like when I'm in a room, I don't know that I feel like I'm necessarily having a conversation. I'm just talking about it. But there are a ton of emails that I wanted to read. But next week, we'll have uh, planned out a podcast. I knew that so much of this podcast for me would be wanting to get caught up on where I've been and just talk about how great it is, the people that have shown up. I mean, I've really been selling out shows recently. I don't sell out every show uh, but I have been selling out shows, which is, you know, not always been the case for me. And uh, I've been selling out of merch. My merch bag will be empty usually before the last show that I do. If I'm doing four or five shows a weekend, by the time I get to the last show, it's usually gone. And people are taking pictures with me and it's all very exciting. And I just am very appreciative of people, um, you know, this weekend, I'm going to be up in Syracuse, New York, back at the Funny Bone, a place I've done quite a few times. I'm very excited to be there. In fact, I had met Hannah in New York City years prior, but I was in Syracuse, New York, opening for Michael Winslow from Police Academy, 
And when I left Syracuse, New York, I had a few days off that week, and then I was headed over to Michigan. And when I looked, there was a route you could take through Toronto from Syracuse, not through Toronto, but through Canada. Um, and I was like, well, I've never been to Canada. That'd be kind of fun to make that drive through. And then I looked and I was like, Toronto, well, that's a little out of the way, but you had a crush on me. But there's a girl I'd like to see up there. So I went and visited Hannah up in Toronto and we strolled around Toronto. We drove up to Peterborough. We ate sushi. We ate Indian food. I mean, Toronto is a just a really great ethnic food place because they just have people from all over the world that live there. Lots of Asian people live there, big Asian population. And the sushi, the Chinese food, the, the uh, Indian food is just really unbelievable there. And um, uh, we strolled around and then Hannah left with me and we went to Michigan <laughs> and I did a gig in Spring Lake, Michigan, and then a gig in uh, Mer- Merrillville, Indiana, a place called uh, Wisecrackers. And then she came on down to Nashville with me and then drove up to Kansas City where I opened for Aerie Spears. You remember that? I do, but you weren't even wearing the hat back then. I was not wearing the hat. This was all pre-hat. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a wild time. The first time I'd ever uh, did a a club like... uh, Kansas City opening for a comic like Ari Spears that had a more of an urban draw. Now, you know, uh, Michael Winslow is a black man that I opened for, but, you know, Michael Winslow is Police Academy, Star Wars. He's a nerdy guy, you know? So he draw he, he brought in more of a kind of a nerdy crowd. Ari Spears had a different crowd, and I had never done an audience like that. And it was a blast. It was such a fun time. I mean, I couldn't believe how fun it was. I remember Hannah went home either. I think you went, you flew back that Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I just remember after my show on Sunday with Aerie Spears, um, going back to my hotel alone. And I went out on a grass hill out outside of the hotel and I just sat out there and had a cigar and just really contemplated my life out there. <laughs> I sat out there and I thought, well, this girl that I've had a crush on for so long, I've just brought her down on a two week journey with me and it was very successful. We've now announced that we're dating each other and I just made a major accomplishment in my comedy career. I just took on uh, the kind of shows that I didn't feel like I would ever, you know, an urban audience for a uh, a slow-paced white comic like myself is tough to do. And I've failed at it since then. But in that weekend, in that moment, uh, it was, uh, it was wild and it was good and it was awesome. And I just sat out there on that grassy hill and felt good about myself. 
I don't think I was looking at my phone. I wasn't worried about social media. I was just like, this feels good. This feels like an accomplishment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And we just, uh, I think I've not, I've said for a couple of years on this podcast that I've been wanting to do the feast festivals of God every year. And I always fail to do them. But what I do always do is Passover and the Day of Atonement, uh, which is some referred to as Yom Kippur, which that was just this past Tuesday, where it is a fast day. And we did do that. And that was a lot of fun. I always like to do that, even though I felt like since that day, I've been eating like a pig. I mean, I just feel like I went a day without food and I was like, I never want to do that again. And I've just been crushing food. I feel like in the past, a fast would shrink my stomach a little bit and then I would not eat as much. But I've been on a bender since then. Um, but, you know, I so I believe that the Feast of Tab- Tabernacles or Sukkot is happening right now. I believe it started last night. And that is a time to spend some time outdoors in the wilderness. Um, and just, a, I think it's a remembrance of the Jews being... Uh, or the Israelites, rather, being freed from Egypt and spending time outdoors in the desert. Some people also believe that it was around this time of year when Jesus was born and why he would have been in a manger uh, was because of the time of Sukkot. Just some thoughts. Um, And I think that's a lot of fun. And I've been reading through Isaiah, and I just think it's really great. And I think that there are some Bible stuff that I want to get into Um, but I, um, I didn't, I didn't have it prepared. We just got the room set up and I just did want to get a, a podcast going again, get us back out here, say, thank you for listening. Thank you for emails. And I have so many emails I want to read where I talk. Some, I even want to argue with some people because they've sent me some stuff, but it's very fun. I appreciate you guys listening. Um, come see me this weekend in Syracuse, New York at the Funny Bone. Um, and also this Thursday, I'll be at, um, uh, I'll be doing a live podcast with the Sklar brothers called, uh, Dumb People Town at, uh, the Hutton. at the Hutton, in Nashville, um, in Nashville. Um, so that's it. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. We're having a good time. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you.